Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Oh, if you only knew what was spoken before we pressed the record uh, button. It was not that bad. Father Mike is a dirty mouth. Like, um, Wait a minute. Is this know? public confession? <laughs> What's her name? You're with? not supposed to do that over. Who's the British singer you love? Social media. Adele. Supposedly Adele has a pretty bad mouth. That's what my British really? friends tell me. So, Father Mike, Father know. John. She's Catholic, got a nice voice. Catholic stuff you should know. Uh, and here we are, round two tonight. Yeah, um, welcome to Catholic stuff you should know. As you know, uh, we do two in a row, usually once a month from Denver, once a month from Rome, and the second one is always a little more interesting. Oh, it? yeah? Because we've been, you know, had a little bit of bourbon, and this loosens things up. Yeah. But the last topic was very uh, uh, engaging. Yeah, it was... Engaging. I think you were a little nervous. This we were talking about mercy. Talking I don't know, like the order they get published. I was a little bit nervous. I think it's the jet lag, though, and it's a rainy day. The rainy Things rainy just, day that throws you off. We're not used to rain. Yeah, yeah. This Colorado is the first people, rain. We don't we don't know what to do with like a rainy day. We get like rainstorms, clouds, near the mountains, gray. two o'clock it comes through. But like it's been rainy all day. There may or may not have been a thunderstorm at four a.m. Depends on who you uh, ask. There was probably not. There was probably not. There was I, one at 4 p.m. But yeah, it's just been raining all day. So we're happy we didn't rain yesterday because we had a nice ride out to... Cold, wet rain. Castel Gandolfo with our friends who are present here. Yes, it was a great ride. Wonderful I love day. riding bikes. I don't know what it is. We talked about Stranger Things, but it's one of my favorite things in the world. Riding bikes? Yeah, it just brings me back to childhood. Yeah. It's great. Now here you have to you have to ride weaving through traffic yeah. and almost being hit by cars constantly. It's like really close yeah, and really we, dangerous. I wear a helmet. That's good. Yeah. The helmet makes you feel safe. It's like when my body is totally destroyed, at least my brain will work. You can finish your doctorate, you know. You have to work. We ride for about 45 minutes to an hour before we're out of that traffic. But the problem with this last time was we usually ride on Sunday morning, so there's nobody out there. And then this time we take these girls out. And there's like cars everywhere, and we're like, oh my gosh, there's so much traffic. Because it was a Wednesday, you know? It was like, yeah, uh, yeah, there's just people everywhere. Father John has this funny thing about liking to push people's limits. And uh, <laughs> why are you laughing? Why is everybody laughing? <laughs> and, uh, some of these people had never been on a road bike um, adventure before. And we went like 42 miles right. and up and down mountains right. and, and volcanoes and, and through traffic. All I heard was, oh my God, this is Best day of my life. That's, that's all I heard yesterday. <laughs> so pretty, close and they're not impression. even sore today. Honestly, though, if we can brag on these three spiritual daughters, they killed it yesterday. We, you and I, rode that. We'd ride down to Castel Gandolfo. Oh, I was like next to dead. We we would ride this this mountain to get up to the to the castle and to the town and the Pope's place, the summer house. And we would just be dead. We just couldn't even. And they were just like, oh, oh yeah, nothing. Oh, no problem. Just keep riding. We so get back fun. and they say, oh, we're already done. Yeah, that was I it. I thought we were going to do another lap. I thought there was an elevation gain. Yeah. So to be young. To it be was in, fun. To be in your 20s again, huh? What, uh, it what was would that really be nice. like? You know, that'd be nice. <laughs> I don't feel that old. You make it sound like I'm 33, man. I was telling and somebody. I, I rode. Here's a question for you. I don't know if you can answer this off the off the cuff, but. How old do you think you are? And the answer for me is 27. I act and think like I'm 27 years old. Like that's kind yeah. of my go-to. Not that it's real. I have gray hairs now. The body's starting to shut down. The dad bod's increasing on the 
on the gain, but I always think of myself as 27. I would say, yeah, yesterday I felt like I was 23. 23. Strong. Yeah. Riding that bike. Mm. And then yesterday in the evening when I was writing my paper and this morning when I was in the library, I felt like I was about (laughs) 73. 73. Just sitting there. Boring. Somewhere between twenty three and seventy three. Trying to trying to think day to day. I don't want to be hard on seventy three year olds. I love you too. (laughs) But I was just sitting in the chair reading or whatever. Yeah. I think right now I feel about thirty three. Thirty three. I don't know how to answer that question. I know you don't. You don't like questions like that. I don't. I know you well enough to know. I was like, I don't don't know what it is. He's not going to like this question because it's called vanity, and you don't like vanity. That's part of the. Well, I'm pretty vain. Eh, You're not enough. Like it? Not enough to like questions like that. I. I that was one of the, I literally knew I was like I'm going to ask him this and he's going to get all he's going <laughs> to get all shifty squirmy. and squirmy in his seat and then he's going to give some BS answer and then uh, confess at the end I don't like questions like <laughs> I literally thought through all that I was like I that's just my vanity it's like I like to protest as if I'm no, too cool I don't know what it is questions like that I'm kind of too style. cool yeah you're pretty cool still got it your V neck shirt you sound convincing <laughs> girls what do you think of that V neck shirt you can't talk can I just get a thumb up or a thumb down. <laughs> Thumbs up? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, we're getting a lot of thumbs up. What do you think about a rat tail? I, I, thumbs down. Yes, thumbs up. There's a lot oh, of thumbs Molly, up the thumbs in the up. room. Yeah, a rat tail and a V-neck shirt. It's over, man. <laughs> All you need is camo pants and you're, you know, you're ready to go. As long as I finish my dissertation. They say you go crazy when you're writing a doctorate. This is just part of it. I'll be totally normal on the yep. other side. <laughs> was, we were telling... Mike and I always laugh that like one day I'm going to walk into his room and he'll be in there and he'll just be going totally mentally insane. Though Becca made a good point. They just restored the lighting in our hallways here and it looks like a mental institution. Like it's automatic lighting. Well, there's no, there's no decorations us. on the wall yet or anything. <laughs> whitewashed walls. They don't trust us to turn the lights on and off. Right, and it's just all these shut doors. Did you see all the like the rubber padding on my walls in my room? I know exactly. <laughs> Why am I in the <laughs> straitjacket all day? Wait, nobody else is in a straitjacket. North American College, you're good to us. No, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, speaking of which, we have some guys who come back here and they meet parishioners who listen to the podcast, and they're really embarrassed because they know us and they know how uncool we are. But these people yeah. listen and they think so. it's great. Father I love David, that reputation. Hudgens, 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 Hudgens. Love that guy. He uh, he met some people. So this is a shout out to his people. Yeah, we're getting I, a I lot of we're getting are. a lot of props. Shout out to everybody out there that sends their love by way of their favorite by, priest. By way of their favorite priest, who's at the North American College right now. Yeah, yeah, I like that stuff. See, I am vain. I we're love vain. it. I just don't like it when in the in the parish when people would walk up and then be like two feet away from my face <laughs> and say, "I I love your show. I'm a huge fan." Uh, I don't. Great. Keep listening, please. Thank I, you. I have no idea how to respond to that stuff. Yeah. Well, today, the ultimate shout-out came out today to uh, Goebbels guy, Patrick J. Carter. Oh, Patrick J. Carter. So everybody who ever gets a shout-out will be compared to Patrick J. Carter. And if he's, like, up here, everyone else is down here. It was amazing. It was, it was a strange <laughs> act of... Inspiration. That guy was I felt fun. Like, I felt He's like talking I, about shooting Roman candles for Jay Carter's sister. And when I, I don't know. <laughs> after that, I was like, I need to do three things. I need a shot of bourbon, take a cold shower, and probably go to confession because this is so weird. I don't understand what is going on. And well, Patrick J. Carter, Patrick J. Carter's coming to Rome. Oh yeah. And uh, I told him, I said, we're going to try and amend the man crush that Father Nathan Goble has on you and act like normal human beings, but. 
that accent. Yeah, we can try. That did it. So he's going to be passing through Rome. Hopefully we get to see him in the next month. So it'll be good. I can't wait. Okay, topic. Ready? Yes. That was a nice yeah, okay. smooth I introduction. Didn't know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to start smooth, or if I'm supposed to respond. I, there, I was waiting for a moment in the banter when I was like, oh, I can transition. It was there Patrick was J. Carter. Patrick J. Carter. Blessing. This is actually our topic. The today. blessing of God, Patrick J. Carter. This poor guy's going to get mentioned in podcasts <laughs> for the next year. So, Okay, so I got Haley... Haley J. Kinney here. Gene. Not Gene. Pat, uh, yeah, not I was wondering. Gene. Patrick J. Carter. Haley J. Kinney. And it's with an I. Kinney. Mm-hmm. Do you know which county in Ireland? No. Okay. We'll just say Cork County. We went to Ireland. What, what was the name of our little we island? We didn't mean any Kinneys, though. Um, Scalic Michael. Is that, that, like, do all the Irish... My impression was you have this Blarney phenomenon... And then everybody sings and dances that step dance. Can you do that? She's, that jig? She's not that Irish. And she's actually not that... Oh, obnox- I thought we were saying she's I'm gonna Irish. Be, I got to be very careful here. She's not obnoxiously Irish. I kind of pe- like that some stuff. Now, I'm not be, Irish, but I like Irish, that stuff. But she's like, I'm Irish. But it's not like in your face, like, what do you mean you're not Irish? You're not from Boston. Oh, my God. And it's just like, <laughs> hey... Listen, there are other nations. I'm sorry that Germany almost destroyed the world twice in the last century. Yeah, that's but true. We're still okay. My people make Volvos and <laughs> furniture at IKEA. Which Volvos have the best. <laughs> they were also great, amazing raiders of the ancient world. So, <laughs> we were talking about that. We went to Dublin and you made me go to that stupid Viking museum because you're, you have. It was a good it. Viking museum, <laughs> man. It was, like a, it was like a kid's museum. It was like it the was children's amazing. museum. We're like walking around with all these kids and I was like, you could oh, see we're totally boats the and helmets and we're the creepers. swords. The 30 year old guys, and you had a mustache at the time, and I was like, oh, good. That was a Viking we're gonna mustache. Arrested. We're going to get arrested. <laughs> Nothing wrong with having a mustache, right? <laughs> Even if you're a woman. <laughs> what uh, are we talking about blessings. right now? What are we talking Patrick about? Patrick J. Today? Carter, Haley J. Kinney. Okay, so back to May. I think it was May, April. I got a I got an email from Haley, who's sitting in the room right now, and she said, I got a random theological question. What is a blessing, and how do these things actually work? Oh, yeah, here we go. Great like question. That. Great question. I never gave her a good answer. Probably won't give her a good answer today. But we're going right. to give it another go. She didn't get a good answer last night from me, from another priest. She's unsatisfied. Who was that, me? No, that was another priest. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just leave it at that. And she, uh, uh, so I want to formally take on the question of what is a blessing and help out my little friend. Are you going to distinguish, now I don't want to preempt anything here, but are you going to distinguish between people and objects? Uh, hopefully, like eventually. Kind of like the yeah, crux hope, of the question. Hope to get to that. Okay. Yeah. But I have a Bible scholar in the room. So there's a couple this things we've got to do. It's a total setup. So, because you do quiz show, quiz show. You just said the four principal parts of the Latin word dare. <laughs> so, F you. Why don't you answer? You're going to know all these questions. That's the problem. So, okay. So, I want to talk for a second about blessing, the concept of blessing. Okay. And then move into like blessings, blessings, like I'm blessing something or Father's doing the blessing sign. Uh-huh. And then talk about. Um, uh, how it plays out in the life of Catholics right now. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Great. So let's start with you, Bible guy. What is the Hebrew word for blessing or praise? Because I believe they're the same word, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know of that to be the case. Um, you, you see, it's like barach. Mm-hmm. Barach is the well done, like verbal root. Okay. So you, the in the in the blessing prayer, 
that's typically prayed like at Hanukkah and that we pray at the offertories. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu. Right. Blessed are you. You haven't heard God. him do that yet. That's his. That's his like one his party trick at mass. <laughs> if he's got a group of people, he really. Wants I don't to do impress. that often. He's secure in his friendship with you, but if he really wants to impress people, he'll go into Hebrew during the offertory. So after the intercessions and the homily, I've done that like Baruch once or twice. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Whoa, he must be really wicked smart." <laughs> because he I knows told you, you I was vain. I- Oh, he's only done it like one time, but he does the he- But it's beautiful because it's actually the Hebrew prayer from Hanukkah. Is it from Hanukkah? Well, it's general blessing prayer, yeah. But and it's the prayer we have. So blessed I mean, are we you. We took it from the, the Jews. We're going to say Mass after this, and that's the prayer as we begin the offertory with the bread and the wine. It's beautiful. Yeah, I'm not, I don't mean to make fun blessing of it. God. That's another thing. I don't know if you're going to talk about that, but in the scriptures are always blessing God. I never right. know what that means. Okay, so Barach means what? To bless. To bless. Okay. In the Old Testament. Or beracha is a blessing. Okay. So this morning I had about, I had a very little time to prepare for this podcast, but I read Keith Kenny's, Father Keith Kenny's Theology of Blessings. Oh, nice. Thesis, which is wonderful. Oh, he's Father a, Keith Kenny is a brilliant priest of Phoenix. Yeah. He should be doing a doctorate instead of me. Uh, this guy is fantastic. And he wrote on blessings. He wrote on this topic, so I thought, you know, I'm going to go right for to his uh, theology master's thesis. Exactly, yeah. and so Keith's theory was that Barak, Barak mm-hmm. is both in the Hebrew means both to praise and to bless, but mm. when the Septuagint translates the it as blessing, it's eulogion, right? Or eulogia? Am I yeah. pronouncing that right? Eulogion. Eulogion is the verbal, right? So the the Greek eulogia. word eulogia. Yeah. Which is where we see, there's about 15 times when Paul uses it in the New Testament, blessing, blessing, he's talking about blessings, these things, that we see that before in the Septuagint translation of the Old Testament as one of these two, praise and blessing are originally the same word, but blessing is translated as eulogia or eulogain, which means, what is the etymology? That's two Greek words. To speak well of. To speak well of, right. Good, you, and logo. Logos? Logos. Logeo? So the word for for blessing in the Greek is uh, eulogia, which is two words. It comes from you and logos, right? So you means good, logos means very Do you remember when I I complimented your eulogy? That's what I was just going to say. So I have a distinct memory of being in um, uh, Engelberg, Switzerland, gave this homily. It was one of these moments where like you're just really excited as a priest. You're like, I'm going to give this like this bomb homily, and then like something doesn't work out. Like the group got lost in the library. You remember that? And so like nobody was there, and the microphone was like super loud. And I was like, "This sucks," you know. Like it was just like all everything went bad. And I finished the homily. It was a good I, homily. Too. And I'm giving him the sign of peace, and he goes, "That was a wonderful eulogy." <laughs> and he gives me this peace be with you. And then I was like, "F you!" And I was like pissed for the rest of mass because I was like, "You just call my homily a eulogy." What he meant by that was um, eulogia, like. You just spoke well, like yeah. literally. You gave and he a was good, praising. He was praising good, the community and all the virtues word. of these these good people who were all together. So he meant it as a compliment, but I I just took it as like a eulogy. You think my homie was a eulogy? So that's a very funny memory. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a dumb linguist thing. <laughs> I think you said. <laughs> I spent, didn't even think of I it. I spent too much time in the library. I think that's what you said, but yeah. I appreciate that, you know. And hopefully, it was a good. Yeah, you were good, blessing them. A good word. So anyway, so Paul uses the language of blessing a lot in the New Testament. So we got to figure out, like, what is the role of that? How does that work? What does blessing actually mean? And there's one verse in particular that's, that's worth just mentioning very briefly because it uses the word 
blessing, eulogia, three times. Hmm. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Ooh. Bam, bam, bam. Eulogia, eulogia, eulogia. In different forms, you know. So the first one is... Blessed be God. It's about God. So yeah. God is blessed in the first... That's So he's saying three things. God is himself blessing or blessed, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that ties into the beatitude of God. So when we talk about God, we talk about Christians as happiness. We don't talk about how Aristotle understands happiness. He calls it eudaimonia. We're talking about something different. We're talking about beatitude, right? Makarios, right? Yeah, makarios. Makarios. That's okay. for the beatitudes. Blessed the beatitude. are the poor in spirit. Right. So, the so Christians are concerned with beatitude. We're con- concerned with a different kind of happiness, which comes from knowing God and doing the will of God. But God is himself blessed because of the inner life in beatitude and the goodness of himself, right? And so as God reveals himself in history, we say, he himself is actually blessed. Blessed be God, right? Yeah. That's the first thing Paul's saying. And God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. So something happens when Jesus becomes man, the God's blessing bestows upon us. We talked about this a little bit last night. I think I was kind of riffing towards this, but just yeah, his very, very uneloquently. Blessed being. His blessed being is transmitted through Jesus, right? Because that's the great secret of the Christian life is that the the Trinity becomes accessible through the incarnation. So so God takes on a human form uh, that that can actually bring about, be a conduit, so to speak, for his blessing to pour into humanity. That's pretty sweet. That's yeah. Jesus. Oh, Jesus is it. the blessing of God, right? And, we, and, and in he, our conformity to Christ, I don't know if... Yeah, I mean, yeah. in our conformity to Christ... We share in the blessedness of God mm-hmm. that we become blessed, and so yeah. For example, when Jesus is talking about those beatitudes, blessed are you when you're this way and that way. It's in in some sense when you're Christ-like, you're going to see you're going to be poor in spirit, you're going to be persecuted for my my sake and sake of righteousness. These kinds of characteristics uh, will be signs to you that you have become blessed. Exactly, that you've received conformity to Christ. Well, that was a, a great eulogy. He yeah, just said oh, he you. said a good word because the true meaning of blessing as a Christian is to be configured to Jesus, right? So to become Jesus means to become blessing, so to speak. And the church talks about the need to become a blessing to the world. Mm. And what they're talking about in that is not like you're just so great. Oh man, Christian Haley Kenny is just so great and she's just so wonderful and she's so talented. Well, that's all true. But the more she configures herself to Jesus, to the form of Christ, the more she radiates both the form and the content of the blessedness of God, mm. and she becomes a blessing for the world. Yeah. Right? Uh, Jesus' uh, presence is a blessing to the exactly. world. Exactly. Yeah. It, blesses, it blesses the world. Okay. So, and, uh, and so the final thing, so, so God is blessed himself. Um, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's blessed us in Christ. Christ gives us access and transmits the blessing of God with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Okay, that's an interesting phrase because the... Uh, thank you, Becca. Just got a little refill. The um, So blessings themselves are not objectified, but they are something, right? So we can speak of like blessings. They're attached to the person of Jesus in some way, but he gives us... 
Jesus gives us every spiritual blessing in the heavens. That's what Paul is telling us. Yeah, I've wondered what that means. I don't know what that you know, means, like, but it's what interesting. Are, what is, there's got to be a lot of spiritual blessings in the heavens. He's got uh, all of them. He's given us all of them. But I don't know, like, what is that? Are, is that the same thing as, like, graces? So faith, hope, and love, the, the classical theological graces, right. or every, everything needed to carry out our mission to do the will of God? Or, right. Yeah. yeah what, what is every spiritual blessing in the Because there's something, he, he goes into something about predestination, like God has, God has chosen you for this beforehand, and then he's giving you these blessings for, I don't know, some reason, to carry out your mission, to be who you're supposed to be. Right. Let's do this. Let's pause on that, table it, and okay. we'll circle back to it at the end. How does that sound? We'll see if we yeah, can answer great. that question at the end. What is every spiritual blessing in the heaven that Christ is pouring out? How does that sound? Yeah, if you can answer that, I'll be impressed. <laughs> we'll see. Haley, how are we doing? Good? Any questions thus far? This is for you. This podcast is... I've never dedicated a podcast. Oh, yes. This one is yeah, for you. Yeah, live audience. There you go. She's looking away like, don't talk to me That's right thumbs now. up. She just doesn't want to be cornered. <laughs> she does not like to be cornered. Okay, so let's just, like, let's just leave our study of uh, the blessing in the Bible for a second. Let's just jump into the catechism. How does that sound? Because I'm yeah. a dogmatist. I like ideas oh, yeah. and like concepts, right? Let's get our heads around this question of what is, what is a blessing, right? So Father Mike, um, last night, blessed our meal, right? We prayed a blessing before this podcast. We always pray before the podcast. But yeah. we prayed a blessing, right? So what are we doing exactly? What are priests doing? What are Christians doing? When my family, when my dad would bless us at night when I was a kid... What was he doing? Right, we were talking about that, like how to, the different ways our families prayed together at night. That's a beautiful thing to think about. But the the blessing of the Father is very important. All these things are real, and they're, we kind of presume them. Hispanics loved it when I would like bless their cars. Oh yeah, Hispanic parish, you got to bless everything. You know. Oh, we did this thing even after every mass. You know, people would just rush to you and they'd bring oh, up yeah. all their stuff. All their stuff, bless it. You just right? start sprinkling water all over the place, and you're right. praying blessings everywhere. Right. So the question becomes, like honestly put. Why is this not magic? You know, yeah, spiritual power I mean, I think thrown, it's a legit thrown into all these different things, and and I think non-Catholic Christians look at this and they think this is kind of creepy stuff. I don't know if you saw that when you were, you know, before you were Catholic, but it's like I think a lot of people look at this and they're like, "What is going on with this?" You know, but Catholics are really serious about it, right? Yeah, faithful Catholics are like ble- blessings are important, and having my house blessed is important, and uh, receiving the blessing of God is important. So, what what are we talking about here? Okay. So the first thing is just to say, a blessing is a sacramental. Right. right. What's so that? So a sacramental is a visible sign. So sacraments are visible signs of invisible grace instituted by Christ for the upbuilding of the church. Okay. So that confer grace. So think about baptism. You got water, Evelyn Fraker, my beloved and sweet little goddaughter. Right. Mm-hmm. We conferred the sacrament of baptism on her, which was by the water, the visible sign of pouring of water and the form, Evelyn, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and conferred an invisible... on the crown of the okay. head. Okay, let's... Do we have to bring that up? Thank you. So I didn't know what the crown of a head was until about a month ago. I think we already went over it in the podcast. Did we so talk about this already? I'm just making fun of you. That's okay. If we didn't mention it, and I now know where the crown of the head is. And thank God I had five priests con-celebrating that baptism. Otherwise, <laughs> I would never have known. And I've done it was all, it was, thousands it was of perfect. illicit. So if anybody's listening, I baptized your kid before a month ago. I apologize. I now know where no, the I crown mean, of the head valid. is. No, I mean, it's still valid. Don't worry him. <sighs> okay, so... <laughs> uh, so, anyways, the... Uh, 
Go on. Sacrament. Sacrament. So that was a, that was a visible sign of an invisible reality. So Evelyn's whole soul changed, in vi- but it was invisible. It wasn't, it wasn't physically seen, but it was through the visible sign of a sacrament. That's what sacraments are. And as Catholics, we believe in this, not just in the seven sacraments, but in the sacramentality of everything, of creation. We have a sacramental worldview, we could say. Right? We believe that God is working amidst physical things. Right. right. We yeah. believe that like when these girls... A couple days ago, we sent them off, and they spent a day just looking at art in the Vatican museums and praying at churches with saints, physical things. That night at dinner, we had one of the best conversations ever because there's, there was like graces working in their souls. They're asking the most amazing questions. I yeah, believe God works through that sacrament. That sacramentality. You, know? you look at that that Caravaggio painting, and you, think yourself, and you say to yourself, "Huh, that's really interesting. I never thought about the fact that uh, such and such existed, or these angels, or these different things." Graces are working, right? Invisible things. Okay, that's a sacrament. Sacramental is instituted by the church and points towards the sacraments. They imitate, this is what the mm. Code of Canon Law says in 1917, they imitate the sac- a certain kind of imitation of the sacraments for the sake of a deeper efficacy of the sacraments. Yeah. So holy water is a sacramental. It doesn't have power in itself, but the purpose of it is to imitate the baptismal efficacy and to deepen that efficacy. So every time that I anoint myself with holy water, or excuse me, just put holy water on the crown of my head or wherever I'm doing it. Yeah, bless yourself. Right. As I walk into a church, what am I doing? Am I receiving all this like new spiritual power? No, it's not as powerful as as bad, but it's a reminder and a deepening of the baptismal graces. Yeah, and more than a reminder, it's like kind of reactivating things. I mean, you're, you're actually doing some sort of, you're not just recalling something. Right. But it's it's helping you to enter into the graces of that baptism again, you know, at this new point when you're blessing yourself and you're right. entering a church. So there there's a resemblance to the sacraments that happen in the sacramentals that are um allow me and dispose me more deeply to receive the graces of the sacrament. So that being said, if I have sacramentals in my life, right? Holy water, icons, blessings, things like that. You think about what's in this room right now. Yeah, I keep a rosary in my pocket. Keep a rosary in your pocket. Bless that rosary. It's going to, if if things are going, you know, healthy in my life, it's going to lead me towards deeper efficacy when I receive the Eucharist this evening. Very nice. That's a very fancy rosary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, I can't believe you gave him a thumbs up for that V-neck. I can't even look at the guy. Girls... That there, I'm they sorry. Should I put on a sweatshirt? <laughs> if I was in, a I got a cool sweatshirt. I was got a hood v- on it. If I was in a V-neck, I'd get a thumbs down. Let's be honest. I didn't mean to sidetrack you with Haley. my V-neck. Your V-neck is very, very sidetrack-ish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, among all the sacramentals, <laughs> I got to watch the timer. Of all the sacramentals, um, the most important and the most kind of the primacy goes to blessings. Okay, so the church refers to blessings as a sacramental. Reality as a, as, a, as a reality that's not a sacrament but a sacramental. Does that make sense? Okay. So blessings are on the level of the scapulars, the um, holy water, these different things like that. Even the people at mass. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of blessings. Yeah, I mean it's one of the more regular things a priest does to bless things. Right. People ask ask you to come over and bless their house. They ask for blessings when somebody's sick or if uh, somebody's about to travel, they come and ask for blessings. So. What a priest does is often involved with the sacraments, the seven sacraments, and then also, well, you know, a lot of our work goes, a lot of our time goes into these blessings. Right. 
Okay, here's what I'm interested in. Here's the question. So a lot of times we bless people or we bless objects. But what does it mean to bless an object? Is that magic? You know, do we feel that magic like... Joe Diger, when we used to play Euchre together, he would always, Father Joe Diger, he'd always put oofle dust over the cards whenever he was doing bad, right? Oh, yeah. He would just do, that's what his grandpa would do, and he's just oofle dust on it. And then next thing you know, he's got these amazing Euchre cards, you know? Well, I don't want to get is too... Is this, is, is, yeah, is I don't want to get too, like, dust, you know? um, semantic, but I'm kind of looking for a definition of magic to be able to distinguish. Because there is something, I think, mystical and mysterious about the world and about life and about the Christian life that we've gotten real boring and heady about Christianity so that we're not really in touch with a lot of the the kind of mysterious things that are going on. There's a lot of invisible things going on with angels flying around everywhere and saints interceding for us and God working graces here and there and everything. And the medievals had this sense of of God acting in all kinds of things and a lot of things being out of our control and mysterious. And oftentimes, I think we've, we've, kind of um, gone a long way from uh, in reaction to this idea we don't want to be superstitious and simplistic we don't believe in magic Um, but I don't know like you can take that too far and then deny the amazing things that God can do miracles um, this whole invisible world and uh, so I'd like to distinguish like what is what is magic so when we're saying it's not magic because I think that's where we're going. Right. Um, we can say it's not... I think so, magic has something to do with we can manipulate things, people, nature, the outcome of the future, these kinds of things, by phrases we say or things we do or magic fingers over cards or whatever right. it is. That's, that's right on. And I think that's, that's where we need to go with that. But before you go there, I want to just do a quick history lesson over how do we get to this point with blessings real quick, because I think it's going to play into this. Okay. And then we'll get into answer your question. I keep deferring all your questions. That's like, great. We That's, get to great. This? That's great. But this, just... this is the most important question. of What is the difference between magic and, and sacramentality? That That's right. It. So very quickly, like um, in 1984, 1984, we reformed the a book that's called the uh, De Benedictionibus, so the, the Book of Blessings. Book of Blessings, yeah. And that was a big shift because uh, for the 500 years prior to that, we had used one that blessed objects. And that book, in 1984, we were reacting to this kind of magic sacramentality thing and said, no, we bless people. We're into blessing people. Right, and And then the new book has like every single blessing you do over anything, including fishing gear and rosaries. right be a uh, somehow related to the people who are using them, right. and ultimately you're actually blessing them. So if I bless Becca's car, the, the new book of blessings would, would have it like blessing you and not really the car. Uh, and what they're trying to do is they're reacting to kind of a, uh, too much of an objective blessing objects, you know, blessing the soundboard, blessing that frame, blessing everything. You know what I mean? Like, you can get a little crazy with that. But there's problematic. It's problematic as well, you know. I remember in seminary, the priest who would bless the holy water would do the old rite and the new rite, right? So the old rite of blessing refers to 1952, I believe. Um, and you bless salt. And you bless, bless salt and these different things. But there are prayers of exorcism. Yeah, exorcism. So we've, we've just kind of gotten a little soft on blessings, and we need to kind of figure out what's going on here. Keith's, Father Keith Kenny's 
thesis was, did, was there a rupture in tradition between the 1952 and the 1984 Book of mm. Blessings? And his argument was there's not. There's continuity, but we need, to be, we need to know the tradition well to understand why these things work. For example, in the 1614 uh, ritual, right, there's only 29 blessings, 18 of which are reserved for bishops or priests or something like that. Right. So the notion of blessing in 1614, which is the year this house was actually founded. Did you know that? No, I didn't know. That's very interesting. Very interesting. Quiz show. Quiz show. Um, so there was very, very few blessings. There was the, the, the concept of blessing was much more limited, right? Now we have like hundreds and hundreds of blessings. The new book of blessings is huge, right? And, and on top of that, you have the concept of Christians saying we need to bless things and we need to bless each other and that kind of thing. Which is totally fine, but it's just to understand that culturally we go through shifts and periods in history where it's more important or it's not. And so, if you're if you're a Catholic in 1614, blessings are not as big of a deal as they are at our Hispanic masses a year ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So that that's just to make that point. Of I went to a defense last year by Father Ryan Ruiz of the Diocese of Cincinnati, I think. Yeah, anyway, Ohio, Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, I think Cincinnati. Well, and he, he was arguing uh, for something like you were talking about, uh, Father Keith Kenny, was that um, the pendulum has just swung too far, and we kind of got to an extreme with this new book of blessings, blessing only blessing people and no longer blessing, um, no, no longer blessing things or doing exorcisms over them or uh, losing that sense that things can bear the presence, some sort of spiritual presence and uh, that, that it's worth um, blessing them to kind of fill them with that power or that presence. Um, I don't know. He, he was just suggesting that we bring back some of the exorcism prayers and kind of um, combine them with the book of blessings that we have now. But I'm not sure theologically that we've quite figured out exactly. I, I don't think we're comfortable saying that my rosary could could just like bear the power of Christ and kind of magically ch- change the environment where right. it is, but at the same time, there is something that is uh, powerful about using the rosary, handling the rosary, giving it to someone else, seeing the imagery on the rosary that brings you closer to God. Right. No, and that's the purpose of the blessing is to take these plastic objects and to change them into some way of bridging the gap between God and man. Right. I, a quick story on that. I This goes back years ago. I was working with a high school guy who was in a really bad relationship, and um, he, got a, um, he got a call from this girl he was kind of seeing, and it was one of these photo uh, texts, and, and he left to go over to her house. And as he went to pick up his keys in his pocket, he pulled out his rosary on accident because he had it on the wrong side, the rosary that I had given him that I had blessed and um, it just stopped him. He just is like, I can't do this. Mm. And so you say to yourself, well, is that just Catholic guilt and he you know, handled the rosary? Or is there something in that object that actually moved him from lust to say to, to, to convert his life? Yeah, it's hard to know. But it was a pretty amazing thing that the, the power of just 
he went to get his keys and leave, and he picked up his rosary and axe. And I mean, there's something about yeah. that that says, you know, there's something. Well, different. I think, let me throw this theory out. I think it's something like consecrating things, that it's less about like the, the magic power of this thing as it is saying, I set this aside and I'm going to give it due reverence. Right. Because it's the image of my Savior, because it's a sacred thing that I respect and I live for, I've sacrificed a lot for, that Christians have for a long time. That's like the most important thing in the world. This crucifix, this image of the crucifix, it commemorates the the most important event. And so I'm going to treat it differently than anything else, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going, uh, and so we have rules about things that are blessed, like you have to burn or bury them, which it seems kind of strange, mm-hmm. except I think it just has to do with consecration. This is going to be different. I'm going to treat it differently because it reminds me of God. It's like the name of God. I'm going to treat it differently. I'm not going to talk with the name of Jesus the way that I do. Um, You know, I'm not going to just throw it out there and use it in vain. I'm going to respect it and guard it. And uh, yeah, it's something consecrated about these things. And I think that's a great way to go to answer the question of magic and uh, sacramentality of uh, is to speak of consecration because eulogia really means consecration, but it doesn't in the same sense. So like uh, example, um, like a wedding ring, we bless a wedding ring. That's a sacramental, right? Mm. And we really bless it with holy water, bam, right there. And they put that on there. But that wedding ring does not confer power for that person over the other person. Right? There's nothing magical about the ring in the sense that, um, you know, when one of these girls gets married and they put on the wedding ring, they don't have power over that guy, you know. And that's, it's not a horcrux or something. Oh, and Harry, it's not going to give them... I not, love Harry Potter, but that, you know, it's not that kind of It's not of automatically give, giving them strength to be faithful or exactly. something like that. Exactly. But, but, it, it's, a, but it's, a, it's a sign, a sign that's yeah. pointing to the sacrament of marriage, which they, which they just conferred. So my criteria, and this is Nepal theology... I did not read this anywhere. This is not Keith Kenny. And it was funny, actually. On his thesis, it said, not for public... Um, oh, no. Distribution. <laughs> not Publication. For public. Sorry, Keith. It's now publicly distributed. Um, but this is Nepal theology. For me, the, the two criteria distinguishing magic and sacramentality is personality and intention. So is this personal... In the sense that is it is it connected to persons? Because for us, there's no such thing as spiritual energy, right? We believe in persons, angelic personalities, demonic personalities, trinitarian personalities. Like everything is personal, right? There's no just energies floating around, you know, that we can right. kind of control and pick up, and I can zap Molly. Right. Everything's I, related to people. Everything's related to people. Yeah, I mean, this That's is a like a line. Thing. This is like a line when you know somebody's crazy, or somebody's just like a, a missionary who's really convicted about something. These people would come in and they'd bring in a bag of miraculous medals. I might get in trouble for this, uh, giving this example. They bring in a huge bag of miraculous medals. You've got hundreds of miraculous medals in there. And they say, Father, I need you to bless this because I'm a missionary of the miraculous medal and I'm going to go distribute it and it's going to do miracles to people's lives everywhere I put it. You know? And they would bring it and they would give it to people. And I think miraculous things are done. You know, here's, here's an image of Our Lady, of uh, the cross and the Sacred Heart. And it actually helps people. It right. reminds them of right. religion. It reminds them of God. It reminds them of the mercy they received as a child. People come back to God. Real things happen with this stuff. But then there's those crazy people who get that bag blessed, and then they go and throw them in places. Right. 
you know, I've done that. It's not even giving them to people. It's like they're going to go spread the magic seeds right, everywhere. Right. And that's not that's not the purpose. That's right. not no longer personal. Right. It's not uh, and it's not going to be effective. Right. You know, we don't believe that that's going to go and magically change the brothel that you threw it through the window of or something. But if somebody picks it up, it actually might help. Yeah. I don't know. Rich Gagne and I spent a whole night putting miraculous medals in every Protestant church burying yeah, them. Yeah, see, you, that's because, it. Because Maximilian Colby did that with the Masons, and their, and their their place burned down the next day. We thought, we can do that. Now, that's crazy. Well, Maximilian Colby's a saint. That's, but so but I don't want to be hard on him, but, but we're crazy. I, I we're don't crazy. really think of I it know. like that. And so, yeah, so it's about persons, connecting it to persons, and then intention. What is the purpose of this? What is the purpose of every blessing? To grow in the life of God, which means an increase in the virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Boom. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's why we do it. That's why we bless the bike. That's why we bless the soundboard. That's why we bless the girls. And we need to bless, you need to be blessing fathers. You need to be blessing your children. You need to be blessing your food before meals, right? Like the objects themselves in some way are blessed. Yeah. There's something that changes that we can't understand this. They're not I'm magical, not a... but, but something is conferred from Jesus. But the point of it is not that you eat magical food, like the potatoes are magical all of a sudden, or the yeah. penne arabiata, or whatever we're eating. It's about less gluten. It's about growing in faith, hope, and love. And sometimes that means the blessing of God means suffering, right? And that's the final thing. And then we got to we got to boss to this thing. Well, can I just say I'm I'm not ashamed to bless everybody's car. They want all these Hispanics want their car blessed totally. and everything. And at first, I was a little bit like, well, why don't you come to church at all? <laughs> but well, that's still still a preoccupation. But I don't mind blessing the car because it. When they get in that car, they remember the blessing, right. and they remember that God is watching over them, and they ask for God to take care of them, right. and it puts them in relationship with God. They actually pray. They think of God. They interact with God, right. um, and they wouldn't if it hadn't have been blessed. It would have just been another, I don't know, experience, a vehicle or whatever. And sometimes it does change things. You know, I told these girls yesterday, I got an eight car accident in the first 18 months with my driver's license. Yeah, that was too many. I got my car blessed. Nothing. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? Was I a better driver all of a sudden? No. But but there was something there was something going on there. Now, it doesn't mean that God's just going to fix everything and make us healthy and wealthy and perfect, you know. But I think he wants to bless things and he wants to bless us through those things. But the most important thing is the salvation of souls. And if we can bless objects on the way to get us there, bam, that's great. What about suffering? Suffering. So I was talking to some friends recently, and it's all about the blessings of God, the blessings of God, the miracle of this, the miracle of that. And I was like, yeah, that's great. My friend, Father Gronsky, just died. Mm. He didn't get yeah. blessed. He didn't get healed. He didn't yeah, get... Where was my blessing? Where was my miracle? Mm. So this is a whole other topic, but some, we have to love God enough to say, whatever you will from your blessing might sometimes be the cross. Mm. And that's a really hard place to get to, but we got to keep coming back to that in prayer. Yeah. Is that can my Jesus, suffering come from God? Jesus gives us every spiritual blessing in the heavens, and mm. sometimes that means the cross, right? Because the cross is a blessed place because of the body of Jesus, because God was there, not because of the suffering, but because mm. of the presence of God that meets us in the midst of that. And if He wants to step into our Calvary and give us that suffering, but be with us in it and suffer it with us, that's blessing. That just got really real. I just wanted to sell my house with that little. St. Joseph's statue. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that, I right. think you're right. And I, I think that's like 
you know, a sign of maturity, Christian maturity. You can accept the sufferings. There's a threshold of bourbon consumption where it's like profundity, and then it just... So we got to cut this. No, that was profound. It was profound. I'm saying, if we go another two minutes... It comes back. You are formed by Goronsky. It comes back to the cross. You know, when it gets real, it comes back to the cross. It comes back to the cross. Okay, let's let's wrap this thing up. Do you have any shout-outs? You guys are here. Do you have anything you want to say? We got two minutes. Who? Ty Gilbert, a married man. Yes, congratulations. Ty Gilbert, we love you. Cataboy Ty. I miss that guy. Hey, I'm still waiting to fly that glider. glider. Yeah, we glider. He was going to buy, he, this guy was going to buy a an airport down in Durango and teach me to fly a glider. No, it didn't It didn't. And then he moves, he moves and becomes a fancy chef and, and gets he's, married. He's a fancy chef, I know. I know. Congratulations. Congratulations, you're blessed. You're blessed. <laughs> Thanks for not blessing Father Mike with your glider training. Someday. Ty Someday, Gilbert, buddy. we I love still, you, man. He doesn't listen to this podcast, but we love that guy. Man, he's the best. Okay, who else? Come on. You got anybody? Michelle? Michelle? I don't even know Michelle, their roommate, who definitely does not listen to the podcast. Shout out to... Thank you for putting up with Molly. And also a Hayworth. shout out to the Hayworth twins. Haymores. Hamway twins. And there's three of them, too. They're, they're, tri- they're triplets. They might be Amish. I'm they not tri- sure they're Catholic. Are they triplets? They're pretty awesome anyway. They're triplets. Some farmers in... Um, upstate New York. They are triplets. No? Sorry. Keep talking. I'm trying to look up a... Okay, here we go. We got Jesuit novitiates who are listening to this podcast. Novices? Yep. Okay. Connor Smith. And you know Connor Smith. Yeah. Connor Smith. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Connor. nodding. Connor's the best. Right? A witness of joy. That guy's the best. He really is wonderful. Connor and his buddy, Jeff Miraflor. <laughs> I don't know. Is that... Miraflor. Oh, no. it's Hispanic. My, it's Hispanic. Mira Flor. Thanks, so, guys. So, Jeff and Love those Connor, Jesuits. Enjoy your novitiate. That's good. Thanks for listening. I'll send one out to my Jesuits. Go for it. Brian Strasberger. Hey, hey. Stra- out in New York. Strasberger. Ronnie O'Dwyer. We're big fans. Ronnie O'Dwyer. He's a great, he yeah, great Jesuit. Ronnie, listen. I don't know, but he should. <laughs> Find him and tell him. <laughs> Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie, thanks for that really creepy uh, gift you gave us a couple years ago. What was that? Thing? The face of Jesus. No, no, it was. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was the face of Jesus. Limpias, Christos de Limpias. Cristo de Limpias. <laughs> yeah, it was a statue of the face of Jesus. Yeah, it made Father Brady cry, but the rest of us were creeped out. So thank you, Father Ronnie. <laughs> thank you, Father Ronnie. Shout out. <laughs> okay, Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Haley is on her phone. So is Becca. It's time to shut this thing down. It's uh, like us on Facebook, and uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. Okay. Ciao.